And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, we're Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Carley. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Just like the listener who said, oh, I think Mike Huckabee would make a great head of the RNC. Look, I I don't need anybody who's going to put me to sleep without his sleep aid. <laughs> he sells with Larry Gatlin. Yeah, look, it's about the, it's, it's about it is about energy, and there has to be new energy in, inside the party. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I, I like Mike Huckabee a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think I, he's but he he isn't what the Republican Party uh, needs well, right now. He's, just, he used to be a colleague of ours. Well, uh, here's here's the thing. Uh, if you're looking for leadership, don't look to the bass player. <laughs> that was the number one rule in every band I played in, especially when I was the bass player. Uh, yeah. Uh, Is it true you never get the chicks? Um, the bass player never gets the, that's what, you know. No, that wasn't true. I always had a girlfriend. Uh, then, I mean the, then I mean the groupies. Well, you said you said because you implied plural. None of them did. <laughs> well, that's I, right. No, you're you're more heavy metal. Well, the thing is, is that in a small town, I mean, you always had a everybody always had a girlfriend or boyfriend. You know, that's the way it worked. It wasn't a groupie thing. Our groupies, we had friends that came out to see us. That's the closest we ever got to groupies. And by the way, when it comes to groupies, ew. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I no, mean, so because I, if I, that's I just, the case, the band Rush, <laughs> their groupies are responsible for collectively uh, inventing the Internet. Smartphones, <laughs> uh, pretty much all of technology. Uh, it's. <laughs> I can still remember in the in the in the documentary mm. 
that uh, they had both Gene Simmons and uh, <laughs> the uh, Kim Mitchell from Canada who toured yeah. with Rush all the time. Right. Talking about, you know, you know, Rush is like, all these parties are going on. It's like, where are the guys from Rush? They're, they're in the room reading books. <laughs> well, as, as the yeah, as the time went on, there was a story, a couple of stories about um, Alex and Alex Lyson, the guitarist. And in, in the early days, it's very early days mm-hmm. when they were still traveling in one small van, basically, you know, and as a trio, I think you get away with that easier. But <laughs> uh, yeah, and and he had some I mean, it, but the, he and Getty or uh, Getty Lee, they were married early. are very, very. Yeah, not to each other, by the way. Um, but <laughs> I don't, actually, I don't know. And frankly, don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, they, they are uh, kind of the pranksters and, you know, I mean, Alex Lifeson, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, uh, rock hall of fame, blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah, was blah, great. blah, that blah, was great. That was, I was watching uh part of a documentary on, on Neil Pert and the, the questions came up and, well, are you a conservative? And he says, uh, I'm a liberal leaning libertarian. And they were talking about Ayn Rand and and some of the work that um, that he or work some of the uh, authors that he followed and and read in years past. And he said, "Oh, when I was young, a lot of that was kind of spoke to me where I was when I was uh, where I was then. In my mind, that stuff really spoke out to me." And he said, uh, "Later in life, he you know they asked him. He said." I'm I'm a liberal leaning libertarian, you know, and I thought, okay, but he's also Canadian. He was, and I thought, yeah, they, you know, here's a guy who was a total brainiac. If you think about it, all three of them were, you know, um, but that was it was just a a very uh, interesting uh, dynamic. You know that they that they had as a band uh, and their fan base. Um, if you're wanting, if the Republican Party were a band, you you wouldn't want the bass player as the leader, and that's the whole point. You don't. You need the and unless it's a bass player like Geezer Butler, Black Sabbath, Steve Harris, Iron Maiden, uh, Stu Ham, uh, Getty Lee. These people, all leaders. Uh, Billy Sheehan, all leaders. But not a Mike Huckabee as a bass player. <laughs> now, so, I, now, now, for I, I just have to because you know Neil Pert saying liberal libertarian. Mm-hmm. Explain that to me. Uh, I well, had, I, I, it's a lot of liberals say I'm more of a libertarian. Yeah, I I don't I don't know of. Yeah, a, you're either I, a liberal or you're not. Yeah, I don't know of a liberal libertarian. I remember there was a a, a talk show host, uh, very gracious uh, person that um, uh, when um, I was working with him and it was on the air. We were on the air together one time. You know the crossover, mm. and one of the sweetest uh, people I ever met, and uh, you know helped me in my career and everything else. But he always, you know, he'd tell me. I'm a liberal libertarian, and this goes back 30 years ago. And I'd say mm-hmm. there is no such thing. <laughs> and later on in his, his career, he was a 
you know, he dropped the libertarian. He was as liberal as you can get. Now, yeah. I don't believe that with Neil Peart. I think Neil Peart probably was more conservative. You don't read Ayn He's, Rand. He said that he yeah. was he, when he was young. He said those are the things Ayn Rand really, really kind of spoke to me when I was yeah. young in that stage. Look, and you, you he can't... implied that that later in life he was not. That he's what? Was not a conservative. Okay. Well, here's the point. If you do believe in the autonomy of the individual, mm -hmm. odds are you're not a, a true liberal. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, you know, he, I, would, he would have to break that down. Yeah, I, guess, you, yeah. I just have never met anybody, and because I met a number of people, I think who said that didn't um, didn't John Lovett say that one time? Mm. Also, I think it was. Remember, they were taxing him on. It was the comedy club or something that he had, and he was just furious about the taxes. And I thought he had said he was a liberal libertarian at that point, and I just went, I don't know what that means unless unless they justify it by saying. I'm a libertarian and on everything, and so abortion should be legal. Or uh, the government should stay out of abortion. Yeah, I, on or a whatever. number of social issues, it's I'm yeah. I leave that to the individual or something. I, I don't know. I, it would be, you know, the socially liberal. But the, I don't know in a 2022 how anybody today would be able to get away with that. But um, on you know, I could see them saying uh, because here's. Yeah, what a lot of people... Liberal has changed from 30 years ago to... Life. That's exactly yeah. what I meant. Um, the A lot of people would try and get away with that and, and say... Because I think they just wanted to basically not get in the discussion. But they would throw out the just live and let live. Okay, I you know, I, I get it. But there are the issues of today that the left brings up and you either agree or disagree. And, 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 and that's the way it is. So if you want to say I'm a uh, social liberal, well, in 2022, you've got to get a lot more involved in terms of defining yourself of where you stand on an issue. Not that a musician or an actor or anybody else is required to do that. But if you are stating that this is what I am politically or how I believe and where I fit in a society then it i think there's a lot more that's required today if you go if you go back to the late you know 60s early 70s mm -hmm. i i think what i you know I, I don't know if you if you get into the minutia of the issues but i think that the the general interpretation for example when you look at the the typical hippie mm -hmm. you know at at that point who would consider themselves liberal but they had no trust in the government at all none and they did want the government to stay out of a ton of different things. Now, you know, what they would have thought of the modern welfare system today mm -hmm. and, and you know, the, the debt and all that is another discussion that we're never going to have <laughs> because all the hippies have turned conservative. Uh, no, but, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, back then you can at least make the argument they were thinking – we knew they didn't trust government. Mm -hmm. Today's liberal insist that government – control everything including censor as we were seeing it's censoring and speech yeah and we see it and it's it is um it's the mainstay of the democratic party liberals today have moved from you know if you if you want to say when it comes to not trusting the government have moved from not trusting the government to actually believing having more of a mindset of a fascist government controlling speech that they don't like. 
I mean, mm. it's been a complete reversal. So, yeah, when you, so when you look at it that way, because the definition of liberal has changed so drastically over a period of 30 to 40 to 50 years, yeah, um, what somebody said back then might have been more true than it could possibly be now. Uh, yeah, I mean, this interview was done uh, closer to the end of his life. So it's I and maybe, you know, the things that happened in his life had him basically, I don't know, uh, considering different things based on his experience. It's it's hard to know. I'm always, you know, one one of the reasons that rock is dead uh, mm. <laughs> is because if you buy into the socialist agenda, that sort of, to me, takes away completely what rock music did to me, which rock music to me was always about freedom and the autonomy and freedom of the individual to do the things that you... To me, that was the rebellion of... of that was the one thing that came out of the 60s. A lot of it didn't stick with me because, uh, you know, responsibility, obligations, and thing, and understanding that there's no such thing as free love. Everything has a cause to it. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> But uh, the, you know, not not trusting government, being very wary of government, understanding. I mean, the Bill of Rights, you know, is something that, you know, because our Constitution is based on the fact of, you know, the 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 rights of the individual and also, you know, the responsibility that goes along with it as part of the, you know, part of how I was raised, because it's not just the rights. It's that there's a responsibility that comes with those rights. But those rights are the things that dictate, you know, the autonomy of the individual. Mm. And if you if you believe in the autonomy of the individual, if that's what's most important, which you have to have those rights in order to have that autonomy, mm-hmm. uh, it's very tough to call yourself a libertarian or a conservative if you don't believe that. And today's liberal does not believe today's Democrat. In the party, there are maybe Democratic voters, but the way they voted, when we see right now, everything about autonomy of the individual is not what the Democratic Party stands for. Mm-hmm. You look at Warnock, the people of Georgia voted against their best self-interest yeah. on the issues. Yeah, And when it comes to the autonomy of the individual, nope, mm-hmm. they voted the opposite of that. So whatever, discuss. But to wrap it up, that's a no on Mike Huckabee. <laughs> yes, I know on Mike Huckabee for the head of the RNC, yeah. and you know, and, and look, people could do that all day who they might choose, and that's not that really isn't the point. The point is when you get to be an owner of a team and say, okay, everybody has to go. All right, who should we look for? Mm. Well, we, we got a wide variety of people we're going to interview, but all these people have to go. And you need to get to that because they need they knew, they need uh, new imagery. One of the reasons yeah, that DeSantis right. is so popular is because he brings something that's brand new and fresh and not tied to anybody but himself. Right. And, and the people of his party in Florida that agree with him. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at it and you could say DeSantis is the leader of the Republican Party in Florida. Oh, and yeah. And they wish him right. to be mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. It, it may be more of an image than the, the re, you know, than uh, actual substance. But imagery in politics is everything. Right. Most I, I would say that most Republicans uh, 
in Florida would want a DeSantis endorsement. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he earned it. It wasn't an anointing. 86690-RED-EYE. Electrical systems are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Know the warning signs that could indicate your electrical system needs attention to help avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. Keep an eye out for lights that are dim, as this is an early warning sign that your alternator is degrading and near the end of its life cycle. Lights that are brighter than normal, on the other hand, can indicate your alternator is overcharging. You should immediately get a full electrical system check if you notice either of these warning signs. This report brought to you by Luberfiner, engineering filters that are built to do more for heavy-duty fleets since 1996. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio, he's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. All right, we did this to start the show. We need to do this a couple of times before we get out of here today. All right, all right. Okay. Because this was just, we've been talking about the book of answers that yeah. the uh, president's press secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre, uses mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. We can't believe, well, we actually can't believe that this didn't happen earlier. Yeah, after hearing this right. or after seeing this, it's amazing that this hasn't happened before. Yes, because this shows how totally and completely unprepared she is. When I first saw the headline, I said, this can't be true. But she was actually asked a question. Hmm. Fumbled through the book, started answering the question, and realized she was answer- not answering the question that was asked to her. She found the wrong answer in the book of answers. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Senator Shaheen has a statement. She's apparently not coming to the ball tonight. Uh, She's upset that the president uh, endorsed a proposal to uh, put South Carolina in New Hampshire. And she says that New Hampshire uh, is now vulnerable for her party. Uh, Does the president have a response to that? So, look, um, we honor uh, honor the Hatch Act, as I I mentioned many times before here, as we are talking about a potential election in 2020 uh, for a presidential election. But looking backward, it is the ultimate irony, uh, you know, uh, that the 2020 election was was proven by the Trump administration's homeland. Oh, sorry. I think I got ahead of myself there. (laughs) (laughs) The sound of her... Turning the page is painful to listen to. And the thing is, when I first saw, I mean, I saw the headline, but when she said the Hatch Act, I'm like, what does the Hatch Act have to do? It's got nothing to do with the Democratic primary. She fumbled through as the question was being asked to the wrong answer in the book Uh. and didn't figure it out for about 15 seconds that she was answering a question that wasn't asked. Mm. It's how just un- totally and completely unprepared. Totally. And, and frankly, shocking that that hasn't happened yet yeah. before that we know of. Wow. And I can't believe this isn't a bigger story. Because her gaffes are always huge stories. And this one, for some reason, the conservative media really hasn't picked up on. 
like I think they because it's just it just shows how incredibly unprepared I've never seen that ever well, in any White House press briefing. Did she even hear the question? <laughs> she's not even listening to the question. That's she's probably not even. She probably is like <laughs> little transmitter in her ears saying, you know, she's listening and the person's talking and they're talking to her going. Go to page 13 and read that answer. You know, when, and, and the person giving her the information. No, that's actually a up. logical explanation. And I said the other day, look, why not have somebody in control of a an iPad or something in front of her where they could just type the answer out or <laughs> give it to her as someone is asking the question. She just looks, looks down and reads and doesn't have to th- thumb through pages. Wow. On your smart speaker, say, play Red Eye Radio. And, if you're really nice, she might. Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. I'm just going through here. I just, I thought about it because I'd seen this yesterday. Uh, The question was being asked on, on social media, does anybody think that you know, Jim Baker now is going to be interviewed by all of these different liberal networks. Hmm. And, you know, some were saying, yeah, you know, he should be making the rounds. And I went, no, he won't. He won't be making the rounds. I, they I yeah, they, no. they don't, they don't want to discuss this. No. And I can't find, I'm going through Mediaite or anybody else and Newsbusters to see if there's anybody who interviewed, uh, because normally that would be the first interview, right? Yeah. You know, Jim Baker, right? He, right. He, he's he's uh, you know he's the one that we're on his side and therefore we need to interview him and I don't see anywhere where anyone has interviewed him or said they tried to get an interview with him. Well, now I'm assuming the conservative media probably wanted to interview him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, this is not like a McCabe, Peter Strzok situation. You know, with McCabe, remember the whole thing of McCabe being fired? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was before he reached full retirement or whatever. And everybody, we'll start a GoFundMe. We'll hire him. Whatever. But it was this adoration for McCabe and Peter Strzok because, you know, they were going to be the guys, I guess, that brought down Trump. Well, that type of adoration for that very different reason is one thing. I think there are probably many in the liberal media that would love to have him on. But if I were his advisor, which I am not, if I were his advisor, you stay away from media interviews until further notice. This is not the time to be getting into this whole thing because we're still uh, as as much as we have learned we're still scratching the surface i believe on the massive iceberg that is beneath and that will be all this stuff that will be learned with uh whatever uh new 
Twitter data comes out and whatever the House GOP does with it starting in January is going to be huge. But I think also the uh, the the media on the right and people like Jonathan Turley, who are able to get the Twitter files and and break things down, uh, Andrew McCarthy and individuals that might take this on. This is going to reveal a lot. But it is not the same scenario of an Andrew McCabe, you know, or a Peter Strzok, who now are all over the liberal channels. Is McCabe still working at CNN or MSNBC, wherever he landed? I don't know. With all the layoffs anymore, uh, they were, I know CNN announced that they were just going to move on to guests who were experts and the contributors, they weren't going to focus on as much because many of those people get paid. You get paid a uh, a salary for being a contributor, but not as a guest. So that was part of the layoffs. I don't know who that applies to, but it's not the same type of uh, scenario. You know, McCabe can just go on and professes innocence and nobody cares about finding does clapper or brennan go on anymore uh i have not seen either one of them i i'm assuming occasionally maybe brennan does on cnn but frankly i would think you and i would see that yeah our friend kevin tober or anybody over at newsbusters might be able to fill us in on that but i i don't i haven't seen Brennan in a while. Yeah, I, I haven't seen a story where he rose, where his contribution or comments rose to the top in a while. Well, I'm just happy because I just, I, as you were talking there, I went, let me just uh, check here. Let me just, and I went to Fox, you mm-hmm. know, Fox.com. Mm-hmm. What's the lead story? Mm-hmm. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle share intimate details in newly released docuseries. Well, thank goodness we're focusing on... Thanks, thanks, Fox. We really yeah. appreciate that. You know, yeah. Thanks for covering all, the news. No, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Good job. The news that matters. God, just unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, that's all over the place, and you, they, they do it because... It's the top post at foxnews.com right now. That's what I just it's, said. Yeah, no, I, no. I'm, it's for those that aren't looking at the page. Yeah, it's the it's essentially the banner. It's the banner story. Yes. <laughs> it's the banner story. Yeah. It's, I don't you, want anybody ever complaining about what what we do or don't do on this show again. <laughs> ever. Shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. (laughs) Nobody ever cared. (laughs) Nobody ever cared about that. How does that... Okay, here's my question. How much is the royal family paying Fox News? Pay for play? <laughs> I just, I, because you would pay for print, you would have to spend a lot of money to get people interested in that. And I mean, 
my gosh, how much are they going to pay their readers of foxnews.com to engage in that? That's just that is just garbage. But you know, here's the sad part. The reason they do it, people are reading it because they, they know. know people click. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I said don't ever complain about anything we do or don't do. <laughs> if you're one of those people, just stop. I don't want to hear about it. Wow. <laughs> Things that matter. Gee, I wonder how Democrats keep winning elections. I was looking for the story on on Elon Musk about the NBC reporter, mm. and, I, and mm-hmm. I and I found it. NBC News reporter Ben Collins repeatedly attacks, ridicules Elon Musk while covering Twitter owner. That's where I was actually headed because I'd yeah. seen the story yeah. right. about it. It's, it's a recent story, so I thought that might still be at the top, right? And that's why I went to Fox News as you were talking, no. and and when I went to to find it, there there it is. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the the royal couple, and it says. NBC News senior reporter Ben Collins has repeatedly and openly criticized Elon Musk uh, and his handling of uh, Twitter, raising questions whether he can report impartially on the topic. The left-leaning Collins covers disinformation, extremism, and the Internet, according to the NBC website. He describes his job as uh, uh, covering Twitter, uh, and but uh, Collins has emerged as a chief antagonist of Musk's Twitter leadership and has repeatedly scolded him during TV appearances. Recent NBC News headlines... There's an exodus of Twitter executives, including the head of Trust and Safety. As Musk's chaotic reign continues, mm. Musk fires Twitter engineers after critical posts on Twitter and Slack. And should I delete my DMs? What Twitter has on you? What you can and you can't do about it? Either were written by Collins or he contributed to them. Mm. But while NBC News bills itself as nonpartisan source of trusted information... <laughs> Collins hasn't bothered to hide his disdain for Musk, uh, who's poking at the media, digs at political correctnesses, and uh, you know, going after uh, everybody has made him into a villain uh, on the left. On Tuesday night, Collins mocked uh, him for declaring he recently found out Twitter hired a former FBI attorney to serve as in-house counsel before he uh, uh, purchased the tech giant. Mm. Uh, the scandal here is that Elon Musk discovered who was his company's deputy general counsel, was six weeks after he purchased it. So you see where they're you see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They will not discuss what's going on at Twitter. Uh, you know, and and what has happened at Twitter. They won't discuss the substance of what was released. They will attack. And if, by the way, I expected there was going to be tons of layoffs. But there was supposed to be tons of layoffs, remember, even if Elon Musk didn't take over. Remember, people forget about that. Yeah. They were going to lay off. They were losing money. I mean, yeah. that's that's the yeah. whole point is that and, it wasn't. And good. so, yeah. of course, it's going to be chaotic when he buys it because he disagrees with what they've been doing. So yeah, that's like right. a duh. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Collins is trying to make that the story that mm-hmm. he's a completely incompetent leader. Mm-hmm. But he will not address the actual things that have come out from what 
Uh, well, and and that from narrative, what we've seen in the in the Twitter files. Yeah, that narrative, by the way, of him, you know, this guy is clueless. He has no idea what he's doing. That's funny. It wasn't too long ago, he was the world's smartest man, according to you guys. And this is, you know, the point is that you when and he may be one of the first to tell you, like. Oh, when it comes to social media, I really didn't know. But uh, uh, going in, resetting algorithms or, or whatever, any of that, he's got experience and he can find the people to do it. But all of that is a sideshow of how he's going to do it. The question is, what is going to happen as a result of him going in and reworking the, the company? Well, the first thing that he wanted, you know, the biggest thing he wanted to talk about was an open and transparent look look policy. at this look at this here you want gaslighting here mm. the Elon Musk paid here's what the quote from mm. uh from Collins mm. Elon Musk paid 44 billion to discover what we already knew content moderation is messy and involves whole teams of people with a range of viewpoints trying to appease different political factions uh uh Collins wrote in one tweet another tweet said what Elon Musk's Twitter files have revealed so far is that content moderation at Twitter was being decided by a team of people with differing viewpoints. Now it's being decided by the richest man on earth with an axe to grind against one political party, a true scandal, end of quote. That's gaslighting. Because it's blatantly false across the board. Yeah. There might have been people that had differing viewpoints, as you see in there, but only one viewpoint ended up. Was represented. Was represented. In the end. And, in the end, yes. And drove decisions. Right. And changes. Right. And policy. Right. And all of it was disinformation. Yes. That's what Collins won't touch. All of it. Everything that Twitter did mm -hmm. when it came to the Hunter Biden laptop story that they said they were doing in order to stop disinf disinformation was releasing disinformation and hiding the truth. Collins conveniently ignores that. Yeah, it's a lie. That didn't, the way he portrayed it is not how it was. And he says Collins also tweeted that Musk is now learning the hard way uh, what information researchers have known for decades. Everybody is pro-free uh, speech. No blank. Also, mm. uh, you run a uh, for-profit company, you will meet your line eventually. Well, everybody's not pro-free speech. That's more gaslighting coming from Collins. Because mm -hmm. everybody knows that's not the case. Yep. Just amazing. Mm. So, again, won't touch the substance of what is being released. Going after Musk, in essence, personally and lying about what's going on yeah or gaslighting by omission right so that was the story i got to and what did i first see again was the the royal couple because america is obsessed with the royal couple apparently our lives are so bankrupt that we need to know what prince harry and megan are doing every single day and it needs to be the top story keep clicking on it 866 i didn't click on it by the way 866 90 red eye we'll be right back
with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Very quickly here, this Georgia company is selling uh, 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 Christmas wrapping at double the rate of last year's sales. Double the rate for this Christmas wrapping. Okay. It's wow. special Let's Go Brandon Christmas wrapping. Mm. <laughs> All right. There you go. Yeah, so. Well, all right. I um, I don't do much wrapping these days. No. I do. Well, yeah. actually, Amazon does for a couple of boxes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, just uh, have somebody else do it and send it. Good luck. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, 86690 Red Eye, we're Red Eye Radio. Well, we are. I'm Eric. I'm, excuse are. me. I'm, I'm Gary McNamara. He's Wait. Eric Carly. Wait, whoa. <laughs> You're reading from the wrong page in the I'm, answer I'm, book. I'm reading from the wrong book of answers. <laughs> Don't get ahead of yourself. We'll, we'll, get to, we'll get to that here in just a, a couple of uh, moments here. Right. Download our Red Eye Radio app today, and if you can't listen to us live on one of our great radio stations, Overnight, you can uh, listen during the day or where, whenever you want uh, on your uh, smartphone or smart speakers and mm-hmm. your smartphone and smart speakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thank you. Okay. I think I got it down now. All right. I just, I'm getting so excited because there's so many topics here. Mm-hmm. First off is a story out yesterday that AOC is under investigation by the House Ethics Committee. They didn't say why, but the New York Post saying they believe it is uh, related to when she went to the Met Gala last year, remember that? Mm-hmm. And she wore that dress that said tax the rich. She got free tickets for that. Right. And so the ethics complaint is about that. Uh, AOC responded later on to those allegations and said. All right, all right, listen, all right, listen, listen, okay. Listen. <laughs> I just love that. Any excuse to play it? Play it again. But you got to play it all the way through. the The last listen, play the last listen. Uh, I already, already, uh, already, what are you, what, already. I already, what are you doing? Because I was opening up the next window. I was opening my next window to the 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 better story. Of, I don't of, care about stories. I want my own entertainment to be of, served. Of Corinne Jean Pierre. Well, I'm still okay. Gonna, fine. It's still going to be entertaining. All right. That's fine. Whatever. I don't want to have to go back <laughs> on the air and open up the window again. Why not? <laughs> Jeez, he's actually gonna he's actually gonna make me uh do this yeah 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 i am <laughs> i don't think it'd be that hard to find uh, yeah, probably not. Just, uh, uh hang on we're you we're, can do it we're all we're almost we all there. have confidence we're almost 
We're almost there. We're right. rooting for you. All right, here we go. Okay. All right, all right, listen, all right, listen, listen, okay, listen. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next part of it is, remember, this was uh, her own supporters calling her out. Listen to this here. You can just hear the all the, the screaming. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, that's a liberal circular firing squad. AOC has got to go. AOC has got to go. AOC has got to go. Wow. And now being investigated in the uh, from the House Ethics Committee. Yep. Yep. Wow. Oh, my gosh. All right. All right. Listen. All right. Listen. Listen. Okay. Listen. (laughs) Now, the better story from yesterday. Hey, yeah. it's the last hour of the show. We're going to... I don't care about anybody except entertaining Eric. That's all I care about. That's why I had to do what I had to do, which is why I got rid of that window and had to reopen it again live on air just for him. It's all It's all I care about. All right, the next one to entertain Eric. Okay. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. If you just woke up, you're going to be like I was and say, this can't be real. This has to be the Babylon Bee can't be real there's a headline kareen jean pierre reads wrong answer during her press briefing now if you've been a long time or short time listener to this show Mm -hmm. you know we've been talking about the white house uh press secretary and uh her book of answers the book of answers and how she uses it and she will as the questions being asked she is thumbing through trying to find the right answer. Yeah. Well, on Monday, she blew it. She read the wrong answer. No. I can't believe this didn't make major news. This is shocking I've, that this didn't happen, that this hasn't yeah. happened before. Here we go. You ready? All right. All right. Here we go. Senator Shaheen has a statement. She's apparently not coming to the ball tonight. Oh, okay. Uh, She's upset that the president uh, endorsed a proposal to uh, put South Carolina in New Hampshire. And she says that New Hampshire uh, is now vulnerable for her party. Uh, which, does the president have a response to that? So, look, um, we, honor, uh, we honor the Hatch Act, as I, as I mentioned many times before here, as we are talking about a potential election, a 2020 uh, for a presidential election. But looking backward, it is the ultimate irony, uh, you know, uh, that the 2020 election was was uh, was proven by the Trump administration's homeland. Oh, sorry. I think I got ahead of myself there. <laughs> oh, oh. And, and you start wondering because he's talking about the, the story about the Democrats. And, That's horrible. And, and moving the first primary to South Carolina. And so the senator's upset, not going to the president's ball. <laughs> My gosh. And, and so her answer starts out with the Hatch Act. So I'm listening to this going, what does the Hatch Act have to do with the primary? And then she gets to the 2020 election and Trump's Homeland Security Department. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I'm like, I have no idea where she's going here. Oh, wrong answer. Yeah. I looked. At the wrong answer. I yeah. flipped through the binder. I went a page too far. You know, what's really horrible, too, How is embarrassing. that you can hear her in that audio we just played turning the pages. 
not only have they not fixed this, it's just getting progressively worse. And I didn't think it could. I know. And you and I actually talked about this earlier and said, how does that happen? How do you start? It means you're not even, you're completely unprepared. You can't answer any question. She has no idea what she's doing. Without the book, you have no idea what you're doing. Completely unqualified. it, 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 It really is horrible. But it's almost as if she has some kind of, you know, uh, a microphone in her ear and she's not listening to the question and somebody else <laughs> backstage is and as the question's being answered they're saying go to page 13 go uh-huh. to page 13 mm-hmm. go to page so she's not even paying attention yeah. because you see when the questions are always being asked she starts flipping through and she's looking down and I've always thought to myself well she's not really listening to the question because her mind is focused on finding the answer But it's almost as if they gave her the wrong page. And so she just read it. That's almost as bad as anything Biden has done when he's read stuff on the teleprompter, which isn't the text that you're supposed to read. No, I mean, it's it it really is. Horrible. (laughs) Because what they did is they set up a process for her. Because she was not knowledgeable on on the issues and the administration's position on the issues. So they set up the book of answers. Listen, they ask you about this, turn to this page. And read. Can you do that? Mm -hmm. Are you sure you can do that? Mm Mm-hmm. We're not so sure you can do that. Yaha. Uh-huh. I know how to read. I mean And 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 after that, what is said behind the scenes? I mean, that's just forget about being embarrassing. That's that's far beyond being embarrassing. Embarrassing was having the book of answers to begin with. Does she even know what the Hatch Act is? She clearly didn't even know what the question pertained to. That's a great point. Because as soon as you get to the Hatch Act, you say, well, this has got nothing to do with the question that's been asked. And and it's not that hard. Right. Well, with all due respect to Senator Shaheen and... More importantly, the people of New Hampshire. The president believes that every voice should be heard in the process and that we should all have a discussion about changing the process to make sure that everyone's voice is heard. And he welcomes Shaheen not only to the event, but also to the discussion to be a part of that and represent the people of New Hampshire in that discussion as to how the process in the primary is going to work going forward for the party. Next question. I that I, That's not hard. And I'm not a Democrat. And I don't support <laughs> Biden. And quite frankly, didn't even think this was much of an important story yesterday when, when it came down about Shaheen and 
all of that. And I, it's just like I glossed over it. And, and I'm not that knowledgeable on the story itself, except for the fact that I know exactly what the gist of the question is enough to answer it in the way that somebody standing at that podium should be able to do. How many times have we done this? Because we both, you, both you and I have done this where we'll sit there and say, well, this should have been the answer. And we do it ad lib. Yep. And, and we're not even Democrats and right. we can answer the question. Right. I was not the, reading the, there. Right. The, the way that, that, and, and he has no, I want to make this clear. I'm looking right. Let me look. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not. No, no, nothing. He's got a bottled water. Mm-hmm. Some uh, cold I, coffee. I see some coffee. Mm-hmm. I see your reading glasses. You're not wearing mm-hmm. your reading. See, no, he couldn't be reading it. He's not wearing his reading glasses. Right. His reading glasses are sitting there. Eric has no book of answers in front of him no, at all. No, My phone is turned off, so no. <laughs> I don't want anybody calling me. It's off most of the time, to be clear. Um, I mean, but, completely and totally incompetent. No, that's... Compl- I mean, you could, you could get somebody out of junior high oh, easy. that yeah. could do a better job. I mean, seriously, just point in any direction in inside the beltway and and pull somebody in and put them at that podium and they could do the job and do it a lot better. It's the beltway. <laughs> you know? It's the beltway. <laughs> Coming up, economists say uh, the uh, U.S. housing is in a recession, and Eric and I's response to that when we first saw the story was, well, duh, it's contraction. Of course it's in a recession, Right. Uh, that that segment of the market. Uh, Also, the New York Times union is on strike. Hmm. The New York Times is on strike. Uh, We'll give you the best analysis that you're going to hear on that coming up. (laughs) And, oh, yeah, did you see uh, Newsom? Redefines oil company windfall tax as a penalty to avoid the two-thirds vote that is needed for the legislature to do this. He's doing a um, John Roberts. Mm. Yeah, right. It's not a tax. It's a penalty. Right. Which I would say it's a penalty because of the price we're charging. You right. can penalize us. Right. I wonder if that would even get overturned in the California Supreme Court. Oh, Some yeah, of his point. other stupid decisions right. have. Yeah, yeah. 866-90-RED-EYE. Over the next few days, lots of people will be throwing lots of parties all the way from huge blowout bashes down to small dinner parties. Now, if you have a dog or cat, either type party, and even just the extra holiday commotion and all... Can be stressful for our pets. Kansas State University veterinarian Dr. Susan Nelson says some pets love it, others get really stressed out. If your dog or your cat is not comfortable with strangers and other people in the house then they should probably be shut up in a back room, dogs maybe in their crate during the party time. That way they'll be less stressed and not in the midst of everything. If you can't do that or you don't think it'll work, check ahead of time with your vet. There's herbal supplements that can be safe and effective for mild stress to help with that. And then for ones who really get stressed and bothered, we can even look at some prescription medications if needed over the holidays. Which will relieve your pet's stress and your stress too as pet owner and party host. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Washington. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, so here's the headline, New York, not in the New York Times, though. New York Times Union calls on readers to join digital picket line as their strike uh, begins. It began at uh, midnight last night. Now, the good thing uh, about the fact that uh, the New York Times going on strike today is that they haven't been covering the important stories anyway for the last week, so nobody's really going to miss them. Yes, so uh, while on strike, they will not be covering the important stories. But here's the thing. When the strike is over, they will go back, right back to work, not not covering the important stories. Yes. So understand that. (laughs) Here it is, uh, somebody from the union. We're asking readers to not engage in any New York Times platforms tomorrow and stand with us on the digital picket line. Read local news, listen to public radio, make something from a cookbook, break your wordle streak. I'm going to go to their website and just start sharing everything. Don't engage. Look, I'm engaging. (laughs) What they're saying is don't make money for our bosses. We need you to engage in something else because we're on strike. And if that's a nice, you, that's a nice little liberal circular firing squad. Oh, is it? it Labor is. Labor and management yeah. in our times. Well, it's, what are you going to do? Sorry, just the way it works out. We heard Musk is buying the New York Times. Yeah, <laughs> let's start that rumor. <laughs> now yeah. that would be a threat to the union. Oh my gosh! If New York Times managing. You know, look, we're not going to deal with you anymore. In fact. Elon Musk is thinking of buying it, and we're thinking of selling. Yes. <laughs> Anybody suggest that to management then he, to get them <laughs> then to goes get on. the union to readily agree? Yeah. Then he goes on to buy the Washington Post, Salon.com, Politico, <laughs> NPR. I don't even know if he can. Well, no, but, no, no, NPR, because he can get government subsidies. <laughs> and he knows how to do that. Exactly. So he's that's, he's already got the paperwork filled out. Boom, he's in. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, that's uh, so much fun. I'm sorry. I, I just love it. Man, I wonder what the uh, New York Times files would look like. <laughs> oh, you know what? You know who from the FBI had a had a had a office there? Uh, uh, James Comey. <laughs> why is why does Whoa. this office door say James Comey? Uh, yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Now, are they still angry? Weren't they angry a month or so ago because New York Times wanted them back to work, like at work for a certain amount of time? Yeah. Wasn't that one of the big things? Yep. Uh, The announcement follows a series of failed negotiations Mm. with the management over multiple issues such as pay increases, health insurance, and pension plans. While the union threatened to go on strike as far back as Friday, it appears uh, that negotiations to end the strike had not come to fruition. Frustration with negotiations were first reported in August by the New York Post. 
after more than two years without a pay hike. Well, members of the union also insisted that workers be able to retain their option. There it is to work remotely. Yeah, oh, okay, definitely. Yeah. Okay. As opposed to the New York Times original mandatory deadline of yeah, July 2023. I, I bet that was the number yeah. one thing. I bet that was the driver right there. And by the way, here, here to those that uh, are union members there at the New York Times, um, you know who you should turn to who who truly cares about unions, and that's Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> He'll settle this once and for well, all. Wait a minute. Uh, Biden will support the union if you go all digital, but if that's you right. continue to have... A paper paper that kills trees. Nope. Well, we want your union gone because of climate change. Because without you, New York Times, there will be just all of this disinformation. And that would be bad for America. So the president will have to step in and order you back to work. Oh, man. If only. So many angles on this. Mm -hmm. So many fun angles. So many Babylon Bee angles. (laughs) Don't even ask about the extra E. Call in during the show. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. 866-90-RED-EYE. Interesting uh, audio I have here from uh, CNBC. Uh, Yesterday, I believe it was. Hmm. Yeah, yesterday. Uh, and it was Larry Kudlow, who was uh, one of Trump's economic advisors, and mm-hmm. uh, Kellyanne Conway, of course, who was his campaign, uh, no, not campaign manager, strategist. Yes. Uh, who was actually the one that's credited with winning him the election in 2016. And they were discussing Trump. And let's listen a little bit uh, as to what they, I mean, these are two of the most loyal supporters of Trump that you could possibly find out there. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Here we go. And- Netanyahu on yes, last night course. talking about this. Yes, yes. But he's got to make a statement, Kellyanne. And he's also, this business about suspending the Constitution because we learned there was, um, you know, free speech finagling with Twitter. I mean, come on. You don't suspend the Constitution. And he's got to get off 2020. He just has to. He gave a good speech when he declared for president, uh, yes. although I think that was premature, but whatever. It was a pretty good speech. Since then, he's just gone into a ditch. He'll never climb out of it. He gave a great speech last late July to AFPI in yes. Washington. It was very policy-focused. Took, took 61 minutes to even mention the 2020 elections. So we know it's there. And look, I think elections are always about the future, not the past. People want presidential candidates, particularly a former president, Larry, that was successful on energy and economy and national security and border security and so many other issues. They want that person to talk about the people's grievances and not their own there you go i mean it's it's this isn't rocket science and you know kudlow also said he goes i want to clear the air i want to get this out of here i don't understand what the form our former boss is doing i love the guy but i don't understand kanye west hanging out uh, uh kanye west hanging out with white nationalists hanging out with anti-semitic people talking about ending the Constitution or postponing the Constitution. I don't get it. I don't know why he's saying it. Mm. And if he says it, why hasn't he given, you know, apologized or for it or corrected the record or something? Mm. Because he's losing support left and right. I hear it everywhere. 
help me. That's from uh, Larry yeah, right. Kudlow. Uh, Victor uh, uh, Davis Hanson also wrote something, and he went through all of Trump's accomplishments. And if you read it, it's, I mean, it's really the way that he laid it out, extremely impressive, and said, that's what you run on. Yeah. That's what you should yeah. have been running. Right. And then you look at all the things that he did and all the things that the Democrats did and all the things that Trump said would come true, which did with Democrats, and none of the promotion is about that whatsoever. It's all about, you know, his, as Kellyanne Conway says, his grievances, 2020, and everything that could win him the, uh, uh, you know, could have won him the election. Because I believe, I believe it's too late to turn back now. Once you yeah. lose, once right. you lose the support, and I don't believe he can change. Yeah, yeah. He no, doesn't yeah. have the, Trump doesn't have the ability to focus now. He just doesn't. Right. He can focus for short periods of time. He can stay for one speech on a teleprompter, but there is no one guiding him anymore. There isn't. People forget that Kellyanne Conway was the one that told him in 2016, stop saying the election's rigged mm-hmm. when it hasn't happened yet. You right. sound like you've lost already. And you can't you can't keep that up. And but it's you know, it's the all of this honestly is it reeks of just going to battle with everyone around you. You know, that that's that's the problem. Is that during his time as president we, we were saying, look, don't engage. You don't have to. You can control the conversation. But it's clear he prefers to engage. and Because that's what he does most often. And it's the back and forth that people are basically tired of. And it's not just engaging with the opposition. That's one thing. You can do that when we're talking about the actual political op- opposition. But you can't do that when it's people who are or were at one time on your side. But, you know, a look, rebuilding it and going back, it has been it, it's it would be nearly unprecedented, certainly in modern times. For a president to come back after losing and then winning again. In modern times, it's unheard of. Now you add everything to it. Uh, and, you know, with impeachment, and yeah, I know they were bogus. Second impeachment, yep, also bogus. And everything else surrounding it. And you've got a trainload of baggage that you're carrying on to bring back a, you know, this whole comeback team. And and that's what it takes. I guess the question is, does he understand that he can't do this alone? And Victor Davis Hansen's article, uh, does Trump really want to be president again? And goes through everything that the Democrats have done that Trump could use, mm-hmm. everything that Trump did that he could use. It's like he just doesn't seem to care about any of it. It just doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter to him. And he goes... He's, you know, the last couple of weeks, it's descending into mad, you know, Twitter madness is what he calls it. Right. And it's true because every single, well, not every single day, but every couple of days you're like, shut up. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're his campaign, if you if you were part of his part of his campaign, you're saying, shut up, stop it. You, 
you've you've got you had this back then, but once you start losing it, and this has been for a while, he's you know descended. I won't say into Twitter madness because it's not Twitter anymore, mm-hmm. but uh, social media madness, uh, and it just doesn't make uh, you know. You just look at. I don't think he can reverse it. Well, because I, I don't see how he can the, reverse it. The difference is, and and uh, you know, I don't. I don't think he wants to reverse it. The the difference is that when it's the difference between like engaging in everybody that would leave a comment if you engage with everybody that left a comment on social media, yeah, versus answering a question from an interviewer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you if you're going to get into that then it's always going to be loud. And by the way, most often is not going to be useful. None of that behavior is useful. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It's damaging. I, I don't know where you go in 23. No. No, I just... And that's like I said. I don't see any reversal on it. I think he's in a. I think Trump probably is in a place where he doesn't have trusted advisors or advisors that he will listen to anymore. They're all gone. Nobody wishes. Nobody really wants to serve with him again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he. We've talked about this before. That in politics, you, you know, the the one thing you know we 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 talk about um, the uh, liberalism. And the victim, uh, the 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 victim oppressor mentality. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the Democrats, for all of their faults on the issues, they stay together. Yeah, they stay together, united. And and you're talking about a party where the circular liberal circular firing squad is consistently going on. Mm-hmm. They're contradicting each other. Mm-hmm. They're attacking. You know, they're attacking uh, uh, each other. But as, their narrative is the same. But the narrative, the narrative is the same, and they stick together on the votes. They are united, and they don't win on the issues. The no, they lose on the issues. Their right. narrative is empty, and it's most often, in fact, always, to some extent, built with lies. But the message but they win. But the message is consistent from everyone all the time. Yep. Well, most everyone all the time. Mm-hmm. You do have Joe Manchin. <laughs> Who now that Warnock won and got to fifty one, yep. Joe Manchin takes can go sit down again. Yeah. So, you know, and and by the way, and we said this earlier. This isn't just about Trump. I don't see McConnell as somebody who wishes to unite the party. No, I agree. In fact, you know, I was I was thinking about you mentioned earlier uh, when Newt Gingrich said, you know, uh, back in the day, it was time for him to move on. You know, look, it's time for somebody else i was actually and i don't know why sometimes you know perfectly sober but it's just uh, in my in the back maybe it's just wishful thinking but in the back of my mind i almost halfway expected that mcconnell would come out after the georgia runoff and say listen i think it's time for new leadership in the senate for our party and so I'm going to step down, and the party will choose new leadership. Right, but he's not going to stay senator without keeping his position. 
I no, I don't think I don't yeah, think he, he is. I, I do believe he's close to retirement, but I don't think right. it's going to happen now. Right. And that's because you have everybody worried about their territory. Mm-hmm. The Republicans have their own little tribalism going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. And it's not just one person. It's a ton. It's time for McConnell to go. You need new leadership when you when you've had this many losses in this period of time when all the issues are behind, when all of the issues are in your favor is the same thing as if you've got great talent on a football team and it's obvious that the general manager who has hired a succession of coaches uh you know is hiring the wrong coaches and you've got the talent and the ownership says everybody goes well who are you going to hire well We've got to go in a new direction somehow. Everything is a gamble, but we can't have this anymore. Right. And I look at uh, Ronna McDaniel. She should go. I look at McConnell. Uh, uh, he should go. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Trump, I don't see him going anywhere. I don't see. I, I, he's, he's not a leader who wishes to unite the Republican Party. So his influence, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say he, sh- he should unite the party because he can't. That's not what he's about. He was never about that. Mm-hmm. In fact, him running was he, about. Just, he, in to, fact, he promised. I was going to say his campaign mm-hmm. promise in 2016, right? Was to, but eventually was you, about the the swamp. Eventually, you have to unite as a party to focus on those five, six, seven things that the American public, by landslide numbers, agrees with you, and you've got to suck it up a little bit and say everything. For the team, I've got to give up my. I've got to give up my little ego. I've got to give up my little uh, territory that I have for the betterment of the party, for the betterment of the country. Because I guess, yes, because I wouldn't if I was if I was in Congress and you were in Congress, and I bet you most of our listeners, if they were in Congress, they wouldn't care about it. Their whole thing is, look, I'm willing to compromise a little bit, but I want to move these five or six things where we have landslide numbers. We need to focus on that and promote that. And we all agree with that. And we move the country 70% in our direction. And the other 30% we can argue about it. Maybe we won't win that. But the most important stuff will win. But we've got to be united. And you've got to find somebody to unite the party. Trump can't do it. McConnell can't do it. I think because of the 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 uh, the losses, even though McCarthy and all likely is going to stay. I think they need new leadership there. And Ronna McDaniel, I think, needs to go. Mm-hmm. You have to. You can't lose and continue with the same people. You can't. No. No, you can't. And it seems none of them have the interest or the will to unite the party. Nope. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, and about, you know, since we're talking about the Republican Party, when you when you look at Trump, and you and I were just discussing this, I agree with you. I think the only reason that he announced he's running for president uh, is is because of the DOJ. I think the timing and yeah. everything looked uh, very, uh, uh, everything basically in that move right. pointed because you would you would have if you're, if you're truly saying I'm going to run yep. and I'm going to be the first to announce, then you'd be at uh, where's the rallies? You you you'd be doing rallies for the next thirty days because nobody is doing anything really, and it, you do rallies for thirty days. You go to all you get to all of the primary states early, and, and he quite did none frankly, of that. I would have announced in Iowa. 
I mean, yeah, right, yeah. just symbolic, you right. know, the center of the country, whatever. That's where you announce. Okay. I wouldn't have announced anywhere near my home. I just wouldn't have. Yeah. And and so when you when you look at it overall, um, you know, it, there is no campaign going on. There's no, a, and no, no. I'm starting, you know, I'm announcing. Well, when you announce, you start the campaign. You go. And every day you're campaigning and everything you say is a campaign and blah, blah, blah. And this is yeah. why I want to be president again. And all of that is. There's, no, there's nothing. And there's nothing. You get and, any- and I do believe it was uh, a, a preemptive move. And maybe somebody advised him and said, look, this is, it may not work, but you can give it a shot and you get in. And I also think that he, like many others, thought that the Republicans were going to have a much better day on November 8th. Yeah. And that he could ride that momentum and that momentum could create more uh, I don't know, euphoria, but and it certainly, might, and, it, and it might have, it, it could have, if, if, it if all, yeah. if, if all of his candidates, yeah. hypothetically, if all of his candidates would have won, of course, oh, it would have. if all of yeah. his candidates yeah. would have won, that would have, that would have been the energizer. Um, does it create the same euphoria long-term? I don't know, but, uh, it would have at least in that seven day period, cause he announced a week later, that would have been the momentum. Mm-hmm. So, We'll see. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.